0: Welcome to the SBS podcast sponsored by Zwift. It was famously used by Matt Heyman to prepare for his victory at Paris Roubaix. You can use it too for your own goals. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today.
1: Le vainqueur de cette étape, le the, the Australien, Caleb EWE! qui monte sur le podium protocolaire accueilli par les hôtesses continentales la médaille commémorant la victoire d'étape aujourd'hui dans cette étape numéro 11 de ce tour de France 2019 KB1 allez le public de Toulouse and the cheers, of course, for Caleb Ewan, winner of this stage. We've been waiting for that stage win for so long. It's good day, good day, good day. Bonjour, 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 bonjour from uh, the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream and subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au tdf or log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Maka, how excited are you? And please pump it up. Oh, I am absolutely
2: pumped. I mean, you know, it's the dust has just sort of settled in my mind, in my brain. Uh, you know, I was right on the finish line with Eduardo, my cameraman, and we, you know, we were right in the mix. And then when when you have an Australian winner, you get to follow them in behind the podium and do your own personal interview before anyone else does, apart from the world feed, and you get to get your own vision. And so it was so nice to enjoy it. And I, I'm. Being honest, my cameraman, who's about six foot four, he's a pretty tough bloke, as you know, and myself, almost both of us got a bit emotional for Caleb because he hasn't had a rough trot, actually. You know, it's not like he's had a rough ride. He's had a great tour so far. He's been the highest of the guys who hasn't won. He's probably been the most consistent finisher. So we knew he was knocking on the door, but there's just something about it when, you know, you you get victory, and it feels like a victory, you know, for for the whole
1: SBS broadcast as well. For the whole country, uh, Maka. Before we start, you know what? Let's listen to him. Caleb, the whole of Australia, everyone listening to this podcast was behind you since the beginning. We can't see this smile on on radio, on this podcast, but how does this
3: feel? It feels so good. Um, You know, it's it's really a dream come true for me and, um, you know, growing up in Australia... The Tour de France is really the only race that we we had televised and, uh, to be honest, it was really the only race that I followed yeah, every year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, to be honest, I, I can't believe I was actually here on the start line and, and to take a win is really, uh, you know, a dream come true and I'm almost in a little bit of disbelief. Talk
1: to us a bit uh, about this sprint. How did you feel and how, how did you um, manage that sprint?
3: Um, well, to be honest, it wasn't an ideal one for us because... Uh, my lead out man crashed, I think, 10 or 15 kilometers ago, and he was right in front of me when he crashed. So I really had to slow down a lot, and I was at the back of the bunch, so close to the finish line. But uh, I stayed calm, and Roger Clue came back for me. He really brought me all the way to the front of the bunch and put me on Grunewagen's wheel. So, you know, without him today, uh, I couldn't have won. And after, after I got into his wheel, I think maybe four, three or four Ks to go, I had some time to relax, and I wasn't being fought for the wheel too much. Um, so I had some time to to get my energy back, and uh, yeah, luckily I had enough energy in the end to come around him. And now winning every Grand Tour, no, you're you you're one of them. It's a
1: it's a big achievement.
3: Yeah, you know, it's a it's a massive honor for me. You know, I think any rider would, uh, yeah, when they turn pro, dream of uh, winning a stage in every Grand Tour, and you know, now I'm a, I'm only 25 and I've done it, and uh, yeah, you know, I think. It's like, you know, as an Australian, you have to sacrifice a lot to come to Europe. And, you know, you leave your friends behind, your family behind. And, you know, it's a lot of sacrifice to be here. And to be honest, when uh, when you can achieve a lot like this, it's uh, it's almost worthwhile. And if you uh, draw back to the
1: fact that, you know, the five-year-old Caleb you won when you first came on your bike, you know, what what foot have you got to come this far?
3: Yeah, you know... I can remember back when I was, you know, just just starting cycling at, you know, ten years old, um, you know, just pretending I was in the Tour de France winning, and now I'm actually here and, and winning, and and I, I really, I'm not lying when I say it's really a dream come true for me. Okay, quick
1: shout out uh, to Australia. Maybe your wife and baby are here.
3: Yeah, you know, I I have to thank my wife so much for being so supportive. I I left uh, I left home with my my daughter still in hospital and. Um, you know, without a, such a strong wife uh, you know, I couldn't have done it you know, it was actually uh, a really tough time leading up to, the, up to the tour, my my daughter was in hospital for, for one month leading up to this and um, you know, it was so hard leaving her because I, I didn't get to take her home and it was a hard time for my whole family because you know, my my wife's on her own with a newborn baby now and, and here I am and um, you know, without such a supportive wife you know, I can't be here and Um, I wouldn't be able to realise my dreams like this. This is for her, yeah? Yeah, for sure. That was, of course, the winner of the day, first Australian win
1: on this year, Tour de France, and on the Tour de France for Calibouin, Mr Calibouin.
2: Yeah, brilliant. And, um, you know, the crazy thing, I'll admit, I I don't get to see, well, not every day, I get to actually see the last few kilometres. So I've only just watched the replay of that last kilometre, and... Yeah, I mean, the funny thing is, Grunewagen jumped before him, probably took half a bike length on him. Caleb was just faster. He was just faster. And a couple of times already I've said he's proven that he's faster already. He's come home quicker. He's just missed the jump. Boy, oh, boy, he didn't miss it today. And, I mean, it was close. wasn't much in it. It was, you know, the width of a carbon wheel. That was about it. But um, you only need a width. You You only need an inch. You only need
1: a centimetre. Because that's how he actually, inverted comma, lost Previous stage on the Tour de France by that length, so it's kind of a, a reverse play for him.
2: Yeah, it is. And uh, look, I think Grunewagen probably jumped a little bit sooner. Like he, 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 you know, jumped probably at the right time. To be honest, I don't think Grunewagen did anything wrong. Caleb was just in the box seat, and he didn't have to fight much. What I did notice in that last sort of six, seven hundred. He just stuck to Grunewagen's wheel, and he didn't get the lead-out. They did a great lead-out, um, Jumbo like as in it was fast, so not too many guys could come up around side So he had a smooth run to the line, and yeah, he did it really well. So, uh, you know, it's just great.
1: And, and like you said in the interview, he, he lost his lead-out 10K to go. You know, so even mentally, uh, that that could actually be... A problem. Well actually Christoph on that, it's
2: it's fascinating because let's listen to Roger Klug, his main man, lead out man. Uh, I spoke to him straight after the stage.
3: So uh, we knew there there were not many chances left, not many opportunities, but we took every every opportunity we had here and we were close to the last two and uh, so we still knew he had it in his legs and he's super we're confident the team, we worked for him, Maxime wrote the whole leg, controlled the bag. And uh, yeah, even he was behind the crash with 15k we st- to go, we, we still yeah stayed calm, stayed concentrated. I t- was able to broaden him up again, drop uh, him in, in the wheel of Grönnewegen in the last three or two kilometers. And from there, he done a perfect yeah, final for him.
1: So that was Roger Klug. It looks like uh, both of us have been working uh, on this podcast. <laughs> one interview each, well done. <laughs> All right, I think we can uh, get, the, get, the, um, uh, get the champagne out and celebrate. <laughs> well, joke aside, uh, you know, we talk so often about a sprint and how important to have the, your own lead out and your own train that drives you. But Caleb's one without one today. So is that irrealistic to say, you know, if you're strong enough, you might not need the train fully up to the edge if you know how to make make your way through the the peloton oh it's 100
2: percent. i mean he's just proved it and look the thing the difference is it wasn't like he ran out of men it was strategic and it's been strategic the last couple of days to drop him on the wheel of another team of another sprint train so it was pre-planned and you know roger sort of talks about that sort of stuff i mean they, they did have a couple of hiccups um in that last 15 kilometers but It was, it's been strategic. Uh, You know, they've sort of changed their system uh, in the last few days. Um, But they were confident. Sudalotto, Lotto, they've been, they've had a lot of confidence in Caleb and they've said it all as well. They also spoke to John LaLong that, you know, he's been, of the guys who haven't won, he's been on the
1: podium multiple times already. So they felt a victory was just around the corner. And this third win in a Grand Tour means everything to him it's the is the tour de france and he said it in my interview that it's it's the only grand tour the only bike race he used to watch on tv allegedly on, on sbs uh, but this means that he's part of a very secluded group of riders that have won in a grand, in every grand tour that exists the three grand tour the giro the tour de france and the vuelta
2: and absolutely right and look who's just cruising up this is the man we need to talk to because he will dissect it Almost as good as me. <laughs> Mr. Robbie McEwen. He knows I'm a little bit cheeky. I'm allowed to be with him.
0: Robbie, how good was that? Oh, well, since it, Caleb's come across the line, I've I've dissected it, bisected it, <laughs> I've chopped, I've julienned. I've looked at it every which way and every time I see it, I love it more and more. And, you know, commentating on it live and and calling on the way in and searching the peloton to try and find Caleb coming back, any sign of him, and then finally spotting him in the wheel of Roger Kluger who brought him from the back of the bunch right back up and placed him on the train of Jumbo Visma behind Dylan Krunerbegin. That was awesome and incredible in itself. And I I love the the battle that came after that to hold that position. And Caleb managed to do it today without wasting any energy, without being pushed out into the wind, without having to make any of those little mini sprints we've seen on other stages. He held it cleanly. He held his ground against against guys who desperately wanted that wheel. Once he did that, he just... It's like he he put himself into just beast mode and he was going to get that stage win no matter what.
1: You've been there, you know, waiting for your for your first win. Having the pressure a little bit to get that first win, how does he feel right now?
0: I, he will just be floating. It's it's like you're weightless, and because I I also said it in the commentary, it won't just be a monkey that's come off his back. It's like a family of gorillas, because he felt the pressure of expectation from his team, from himself, from the from the media, from everybody, all the fans at home, and he was so close. He's been twice third. He's been twice second. And he knew it was a matter of time, but he was running out of time because that could potentially be the last sprint till Paris. It's very difficult for the sprinters to make it to Paris, just like last year's two with the time cuts that are in place for the mountain stages. And uh, you can sense a massive relief, but overriding that is just his his own pure excitement and um, just how how pleased he is that he's finally done it.
2: You rode for that team. What was going on, do you think, behind the scenes that none of us would have seen? Because I, a couple of questions I asked Caleb and, and uh, John along, and he, they did, they came across so relaxed the whole time. And even Caleb, when he didn't win, he wasn't, of course he was disappointed, but he kept his composure, you know, minutes after crossing the line when I'd speak to him. So what do you think was going behind the scenes psychologically with that team? Because whatever it was, I think it worked.
0: I think, and what I've been used to in the past, is a calm air of confidence. When you come so close so many times, they know it's only a matter of time. You just need those little tiny things to go right, and that's the difference. And when you're sprinting against a guy like Grunewagen, and we saw the very small difference on the photo finish back in uh, Chalon-sous-Son and it went Grunewagen's way, today everything just went perfectly for Caleb, and he was able to nail it. But still such a tiny margin on the line. But that's what we're talking about, the... The margin for error is minute and when it go, it's got to go just right to win at the Tour de France. Let's face it, you, you don't do it at 90%. You don't do it by making mistakes. But having said that, Caleb had to fight his way back onto the peloton. He had his foot on the ground at 10k to go when his teammate fell off. So he was in a, a losing position at that point. But what I'd like to speak about, what I've observed of Caleb, is he's able to channel the frustration and anger into performance. That's what you need to be able to do. And when it came to that last five metres and coming up to the throat of the line where he extended from a a guy who's 165 centimetres to one who's 170 suddenly, he's a guy who just had so much fight. You just, you saw it on his face. He was willing to die for that stage win.
1: How much pressure will they remove from his mind now, from now? First win done?
0: It will release an
1: enormous amount
0: because he was frustrated by not winning the others, although he rode very well. He'll be no less determined but he'll be riding on, a, on a, a different type of energy. You go from that frustration, that, that anger, desperation to win, but then you go, you click into that winning feeling, and there's nothing like it because you ride without pressure, you ride for enjoyment, and you ride on confidence, which is stronger than anything in the world when you're an athlete.
2: Now, look, I don't want to, um, you know, I really don't want to compare, but... Because you're like here, you know. I'm going to. <laughs> I think you told me so. I'm just going to dig it in. Took you three years to win your first stage. It's taken him his first. I think you're. I'm going to call it early. Your title of 12 stage wins. It could be. It could be under threat already. It could. It could.
0: <laughs> but he's still got 11 to go. <laughs> but you know, he's just turned 25. I started my first tour when I just turned 25. And it took me until the last day of the third edition that I rode to get a stage win. Um, I wouldn't like to compare the mid to late 90s with the current period. Um, it was a, it was a, they were dark days and it was just hard enough to finish the race, let alone do anything else in it. So I take, you know, those results back then with a pinch of salt and who beat me and when I was getting dropped to where I was, but yeah you know, he's he's done it in his first tour, so much pressure and it is the big stage, even if you've already won in the Giro and the welter, the tour is just that other level, and that he's managed to do it now. I'm really relieved for him. I'm really excited for him, but also really relieved that he's managed to do it and yeah he's he's set for for bigger things, just more of the same. And there's the challenge now to stay at that level and keep doing what he did today consistently year after year.
1: Absolutely, thanks Robbie one last question, yesterday you did a rest ride with Zwift, all good, you enjoyed it?
0: Yeah I did, I rode slowly uh, Matt Keenan tried, uh, tried as hard as he could, he was bathed in sweat and I just rolled the legs out and spoke to people, it was it was really nice and we're going to do it again next rest day and I can't wait
1: Cheers Robbie, thank you uh... Cheers. Good stuff. There you go. I
0: think, can we dis- can
2: yeah. we dissect more can this, we this thing? Say, can, I, can I just say, we didn't plan that, everyone. He just wandered past. We knew he had to come and pick up his bike. We grabbed him. But it, uh, you know what? It is good to get. But there
1: was zero entrapment.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But just to get uh, the dissection, the biception, as Robbie put it, from one of the greats, uh, you know, 12 stage wins in the Tour, 12 in the Giro. Robbie knows better than just about anyone in this compound, actually, uh, how... To win a sprint stage, and uh, now I think I think
1: he just summed it up, didn't he? Absolutely. Okay, what can we uh, look for on the, on the next stage because we are heading towards the mountains, but it's not yet the mountains. What? 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 Oh, I thought we were calling it quitsy. I'm ready to go home now. We've got our win. I'm, I'm done. Oh, you? Want well, to keep, you want to keep working? No, actually, you're going and I take your spot. But that's uh, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> now, let's be. Uh, like, let's look at the, at the stage coming up. Uh, we are coming from Toulouse, of course, and we're going to Bayern de Bigorre. Flat stage, relatively flat at at, uh, at the beginning, then a couple of kicks. Are uh, like Robbie said as well. They are just the amuse bouche for what's up to come in the next couple of days.
2: Yes, it's, it's a little, it's the entree. It's the entree now of the real mountain.
1: That's where the Bush is. Oh, is it? Okay. Uh, okay. It's actually a pre-entree. So that oh, is no, what this, is. Well, this is the
2: entree, all right? <laughs> Look, we haven't we haven't really gone much over about 11 1,200 metres in the tour so far in altitude. So, it's nothing monstrous, but we've got two climbs that top out over 1,500 metres And they come, literally, it's a 209 kilometer stage, so another long one. And the first climb starts after 130, and then the second climb, 168. So they come in succession, and then it's a downhill run, pretty much to the finish in Banyes de Bigorre. It's not a day for the sprinters. They're two Category 1s, and obviously they're near the end. It is totally a day for an opportunist move, a breakaway to stay away and survive and win the day. I don't think it's a day for the general classification because from the top of the climb... It's still almost 30 kilometres to the finish. It's mostly downhill, but the climbs won't be hard enough to split. So I really do expect an opportunist move. So saying that, it does give an opportunity potentially for uh, another Australian, uh, you know, like a Simon Clark to get up the road.
1: Okay and then of course we, we spoke about it uh, a lot, but this th- th- these mountains are looming uh, pretty much in the in the backdrop of where, where we are uh, how much expectation are we getting on this tour because I just want to point out something yesterday we said Richie was four minutes on GC but he's not four minutes on G he's four minutes on ala Philippe and if we follow your aspect of uh, <laughs> the race, that Ala Philippe will not keep the yellow jersey is only two minutes and something on. Garen Thomas and that changes everything. It does
2: doesn't it and and I can't believe I wasn't even thinking you know you, you're just thinking of that the, the, obviously the yellow jersey.
1: Maybe I brainwashed you on this Alaphilippe yellow jersey shenanigan. I think you have you've just been shoving it down my throat have not you I'm full from it.
2: Um, no it does look it's still not ideal you're still you know, in the context of who he's racing against, let's say Garrett Thomas is the man to beat, and on paper and on, you know, previous history he is, it's still a lot of time to make up, but in the context of what's ahead in this race, it's not that much time at all, you know. So there's an individual time trial, 27 kilometres, the Pyrenees, but it is the Alps, and I keep maintaining it's the Alps that are going to blow this race apart in the
1: last five days of the race. Stage to watch... It starts on the Tourmalet. It's Saturday on SBS, Saturday evening. Uh, I'm excited about the Tourmalet. I've, I've loved that climb since I was a kid. I've never been up to the Tourmalet, uh, but that's going to be very interesting. Uh, you know that, that area. Someone like Richie, does that suit him already? Is that a good entree, which comes after the amuse Is <laughs> uh, Is that, is that a, good, a good lead-in for him? Into the mountains. Look, I think if his form's on and he's got the climbing legs packed in his bag,
2: in his day bag, I think, yes, I think the longer climbers will suit him because of his stature. He's small. He's quite short. You know, he, he doesn't, he's not a heavier guy like some of the other climbers. I mean, they're all sort of featherweights, aren't they? But I think he's suited to the more longer climbs. And I just think the way he's built up his, his racing this year, I think I think he'll he'll go better on the long ones, but you don't know. You know, I mean, part of that's wishful thinking, maybe, from from my biased you know Australian angle. So we're just going to have to wait and see, aren't we? I, look, I, what I would say is Geraint Thomas is probably more suited to the more power climbs. So I think. Uh, you know, if anything, I think, yeah, he's suited to the shorter power climbers. But Garrett Thomas is the defending champion. I mean, really? We're, we can analyse it as much as we want. At the end of the day, we don't know until I hit the base of, you know, of these big climbs and, and the attacks
1: start happening. And then we can see who's got the best leagues. Do you know what it, this means? It means that we are on for for festivities on, uh, on the mountains. It's kind of a mini concentrated entertainment in the le- in the next few days uh, and then starting from saturday and everything up to the end of the tour de france because the last stage before the the, the parade in paris is also in the mountains in the alps and that's going to be bestial
2: oh it is it is monstrous i mean and make no mistake we're talking it up because the mountains in the back end of this tour are bigger than what we've had for quite some time, for quite a number of years. You know, two times we go up over 2,700 metres. And Col de Goulibier, which is one of my most favourite mountains to watch, and I've ridden up it a few times, it's 2,7 something. It's not the high point of the Tour de France. There's another climb that's even further, and it's like 35 kilometres in length. So believe us we're not we're not trying to you know it's not like the big sell well it is the big sell but for good reason because it is going to be a fantastic you know from here on in it's
1: going to be great. Okay and you know what's on the menu tonight a couple of swift ones because we want to celebrate that win by Caleb.
2: We do we totally want to um yeah it's it's just good it's it lifts the morale doesn't it of, of everyone I saw incidentally I saw some bunch of Aussie fans they just crawl out from under rocks somewhere in Europe when an Aussie wins. And there was a bunch of them around the Sudar Lotto bus waiting for him, so it's just really nice.
1: And last mention, can you believe we've just been on hump day? We are already halfway through the Tour de France. It's all downhill, isn't it? But it's not. It's, it's all not that. pill. <laughs> Ooh, look at professional. Thank you, Maka. Thank you. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central. And you can, of course, log a ride with our friend at Zwift. Until the next podcast, it's bye for now.
0: A quick shout-out from our sponsor before we go. If you're looking for a new way to ride without traffic or punches getting in your way, hop on Zwift. We use it, your cycling buddies probably use it, and the pros, they definitely use it. Zwift turned indoor training into a full-on gaming experience. Connect your PC, Mac or Apple device and you'll pedal with thousands of cyclists around the world. And there's a good chance you'll see a pro on there too. Loads of them are on Zwift on their rest days riding around Watopia. Give them a ride on if you see them. If you've got a trainer, start your free trial on Zwift.com.